Hello and welcome to the Letters to My Daughters devotional podcast. I'm Reverend Camille Henderson Edwards, Director of Economic Health and Gender Justice here at the General Board of Church and Society of the United Methodist Church. And this is your weekly guide to developing a spiritual practice at the intersection of faith and advocacy. Let's get started. And so here we are, module five, uh, where we have entitled this last module, I Leave You Stories Untold. Uh, And so as I shared in last week's episode uh, that I entitled uh, this, I Leave You Stories Untold, because um, I have observed over the course of this program that it is really the storytelling stories uh, that has come to the forefront and just been highlighted for me. You know, you know all along that stories hold power, um, but I really uh, begin to realize, and it came up multiple times, uh, that part of our advocacy and part of our work is being able to curate spaces for women, girls, and femmes to te- tell of their experiences and to share their stories. Um, and in doing so, we are. Uh, hopefully doing a number of things, right? Storytelling can be healing. Um, Storytelling can be revealing um, for the person who is telling the story and also for the person who is listening to the story. Um, But it is just a major takeaway that I am taking with me and hopefully that you all are taking with you uh, that part of our work beyond this program is to certainly continue to create uh, spaces for women, girls, and femmes to tell their stories. And so, We are continuing in the conversation uh, that we started last week, wherein I am joined with my colleague, Amy Hong, where we are hearing of her story uh, and sharing our reflections. We are also in this season of Advent, and so we are framing our conversation around our uh, reflections of Advent as well. And so without further ado, won't you check out this continued conversation that I am having with Amy. And we, as I've shared before, right, the, the, my biggest takeaway and the ethos behind module five, I leave you stories untold is the fact that the act of storytelling is a means of resistance for, um, or a means to fight against this issue that we've been talking about in terms of maternal health, black maternal health, such that as stories of certain experiences are told, uh, those who are coming after us might hear and be prepared in some way uh, to do things differently. And so the question that I have for you is, what is your prayer for those stories that have yet to be told? I'm thinking of also this culture that we have, or at least that I've observed among women, primarily of older generations, where we don't talk about our experiences. Um, And so, yeah, what prayers do you have for uh, their stories that have yet to be told? So I think it's important to let people know that they need need to be ready to tell their story. Yes. and that there is grace in that. So yeah. take as much grace needed because there is enough grace, right? Um, I think, you know, for those that are ready to tell that 
these stories, especially in light of what's happening um, regarding maternal health, that storytelling and these sharing of stories and the connections that are being formed is an act of resistance. You know, it's an act of resistance in a way that we are telling, you know, these oral stories, like, you know, they say that oral traditions and oral yeah. stories, right? But these are the, the stories that people need to hear. Um, and I feel like oftentimes when we, you know, we help uh, people meet with their members of Congress, we tell them stories are important because that's what, you know, can move people and that's what can, you know, um, leave a lasting impact. And I think that in that way, yeah, stories, telling these stories and having the courage to tell these stories is an act of, of, of fighting for a better maternal health, right? Um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And I, and thank you for starting out and naming that, right? Because these are not easy stories to tell, right? Or even easy experiences to tell. And I know that for many women, especially around maternal health, right? Where these are, are like, this is, it's trauma in a way, right? To the body, to the mind. Um, and uh, it is this, natural sort of phenomenon to sort of like block the trauma right to mm -hmm. move forward um with right this life that you have produced uh and to show up right fully yourself and so i'm curious to know if you have any thoughts on for those for whom that is a reality right that that you have experienced trauma there is grief there. Um, how do we walk from trauma to healing such that we're able to tell stories, right? Because I think that is the, yes, that is the thing mm -hmm. that should be said, that in telling these stories, the intention is you for you to tell your story from your healed self, right? A, a self that has been able to process um, what happened to you so yeah, yeah what are your thoughts I, mean, I think you know one thing i would i would say is you know um oftentimes the grieving and the trauma makes people feel like they're very much alone um in what happened um and i think in sharing some of these stories that it definitely is a healing it's it's part of the healing process right um and that in telling of these stories, that there is connections that are made mm -hmm. and realization that, you know, there are others that have, have similar experiences um, that can actually help with the healing too. That, you know, there's only so much healing you can do on your own. Mm -hmm. But as a collective, I think there's there's more healing that can be done. Um, and, you know, the grieving and the trauma of it, you know, that's done alone. You know, if we are able to share these stories more readily, more comfortably, I guess, like when you're ready, you know, others that might be kind of going through it, they won't have to struggle so much being alone from the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've, you know, I, 
I, I shared, you know, what happened to me and my kind of story of like, you know, getting pregnant and labor and delivery and everything. And, and, you know, one of the things that I I've realized um, is that when I started sharing, those around me also started sharing too. Mm. They felt more comfortable sharing. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be one of those things where you you might have to be the first one in your group to share, and that might give the courage for others to share too. Um, and in that sharing, you realize, wow, we have gone through a lot. Um, and in that way, we're also able to show up for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm also thinking about, you know, throughout the course of the program, we've also been trying to to keep at the forefront of our mind, right, tangible things that the church could do differently in responding to this issue. And to that matter of sharing, I'm thinking, man, like we have we have uh, Stephen's ministry and we have, you know, support for grief and you know we do funerals well and the the ritual right of celebrating a life that has lived and right we are the place wherein people might come together for a community uh but then also to mourn and to grieve and to process right knowing that we mourn you know not without hope and right like what would it look like to have a ministry wherein mothers would be able to come to share of right things or even like their experiences right of of motherhood of delivering children um in a space that is designed for their support you know and just Right. I just I feel like that's something that's tangible for us that I don't think that I've seen in the church um, consistently, you know, of just provide showing up or provide showing up in that space for that specific thing differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also think about how, you know, there's always kind of, um, you know, church sharing time is always interesting. So, <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, there's, you know, people are, are, you know, really good about sharing joys, but then there's also a lot of um, concerns that are being shared. And then there's a lot that people don't share in between. Yeah, and yeah. oftentimes what I, I, I notice is that, and, and this is just from my kind of, you know, journeying with friends that have experienced this, is that you know, oftentimes the first 12 weeks of pregnancy, you don't tell anyone. Yeah. Because, you know, there's a higher chance of miscarriage. And, you know, even if that miscarriage happens, it doesn't mean that the grief and loss and everything didn't, is doesn't exist for that, you know, and for that person, for that couple, for that family that was in the know, right? And, you know, even after the 12 weeks, like, the church doesn't talk about miscarriage. It's mm-hmm. usually talked about in whispers mm-hmm. as if it's something bad, like, you know, or, or not bad, it's bad when, you know, it, shameful is that another word to use or like people just don't talk about it, mm-hmm. right? And in that way, we're not, you know, like grieving with the person that in the family that experienced it. Um, so that doesn't really help with the, 
the healing of that person. I think the other thing too that I, you know, I I um I know is I get very sensitive also around Christmas time because mm-hmm. of you know close friends of mine that are trying to conceive and they can't. And here's everybody celebrating this birth, right? Um, And similar to like Mother's Day, right? Um, And and for the church to be kind of sensitive to that too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Okay. So then for uh, this third Sunday in Advent, we generally reflect on this notion of joy. We've been talking about storytelling. Uh, Where's the joy in storytelling? Is there joy to be found? Yeah, um, you know, I I think joy comes in, you know- It comes in the morning, ha. (laughs) It was right there, it was right there. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, joy, joy comes knowing that we're not alone, right? Like, you know, when you're like, in good conversation with a friend and there's laughter, there's joy. In yeah. storytelling, there's moments of connecting, shared moments of like, you know, like, you know, like wonder and whoa, you know, those moments, there's joy, you know? Yeah. And I think in those ways, there's joy in storytelling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Okay. Again, I am grateful for the Uh, witness the storytelling, the reflection of Amy. Uh, Before you go, let us light our second virtual candle within our Advent wreath. Uh, Would you hear uh, these words of candle lighting liturgy as written by the discipleship ministries of the United Methodist Church? In days when God's people longed for peace, Isaiah declared, comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. We who gather today also seek comfort and peace, yet we are unsatisfied with ideas of peace that tell us to keep quiet and go with the flow. We long for real peace, for true peace, for just peace. We wait as people who yearn for peace that bears the fruit of community, equity, and flourishing for all. And we light these virtual candles as signs of God's shocking hope and just peace. May they be beacons calling us to repent and to live the good news of Jesus Christ as we wait and watch and labor for the day when we all can gather together to worship and glorify God. Amen. You all, thanks so much for taking the time out for this weekly devotion of Letters to My Daughters. As always, please feel free to reach out to me with any uh, questions or reflections of the study that you may have. I can be reached via email at chedwards, that's C-H-E-D-W-A-R-D-S at umcjustice.org. Until next time, go in grace, go in peace.